back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. How does the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, realignment, uh, boy, swirls. Bears are back at practice today. Fall camp starts. And yet, you know, all I can talk about is realignment. Kevin Reynolds joining us now from the Salt Lake Trib. And I, I like that Salt Lake Trib because, Kevin, I'm a big Utah Jazz fan. They've had a lot of Baylor players come through there. Used to have a GM from Baylor as well. But I'm always kind of checking out the Trib. But, Kevin, I mean, there you were just a few months ago covering BYU, you know, digging in. And now it's realignment. Looking at Arizona, looking at Arizona State, looking to see what Utah's going to do. Welcome back to the show, man. This is, these are uh, these are exciting times, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, uh, and you were just writing about uh, Colorado leaving and Dan Lanning and some of his comments. I mean, I I think Dan. <sighs> kind of better watch it a little bit. I mean, you can laugh at Colorado all you want, but as the point you made is it was Colorado's departure that kind of signaled, okay, this thing's coming undone, and, boy, by this weekend it could come all the way undone. And you've got Oregon and Washington looking for a home. You've got Arizona and Arizona State, their board meeting tonight. I think the University of Washington board is now meeting tonight. Now, Kevin, you cover Utah quite a bit. What it, what has been kind of the tenor of of your conversations with the Utes? And it seems like they didn't really want to get back with BYU, but they may not have much of a choice here. Are are Utah fans starting to think, well, maybe maybe this Big Twelve wouldn't be such a bad move for us about now? Yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting. Just from the you mentioned the fan aspect, I think they're. Uh, you know, I think fans will eventually come around uh, to whatever happens regardless, because at this point, you mentioned all those schools. I think it's about survival at this point. And uh, the Big 12, um, in some cases, or if you're in Oregon and Washington looking at the Big 10, I think you kind of accept accept whatever whatever it takes to survive and, and kind of move on past this realignment cycle if you're a, an individual athletic department. But, you know, I think... I think back to two weeks ago, you know, you know, sitting in Las Vegas and listening to Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan speak um, about the Pac-12, and he was standing right next to uh, George Klyovkov, and and he kind of made it very clear that he wanted Utah to stay in the uh, in the Pac-12, and I think there is an element to this. You know, every school I think has different um, allegiances to different conferences. You know, I mean, you know, in Texas and you know Houston getting back to the big 12 is a big deal for them and getting back to playing with those schools that they used to play with. And mm-hmm. for Utah, I think there is that, um, that allegiance to the PAC 12, because this is the conference that, that bet on Utah to bring them up to the power five level over a decade ago now. And so you're kind of, I don't think allegiances are everything, but it, but it definitely is something. And Mark Harlan um, did talk a little bit about how much he kind of wanted to stay in the PAC 12 and, and still hasn't, spoken publicly since then actually about 13 days ago now and now lots changed but um i I think there is some of that to utah and then the other part of it too is that utah spent a really long time building up to being able to be competitive in the pac-12 particularly in football um i'm thinking and you know they they've won two of the last pac-12 championships been the last two rose bowls 
And it was kind of a really long climb for Kyle Whittingham and everybody. And, and kind of now that they're, they've reached the peak of, of that conference. Um, now it's looking like they're going to have to change conferences. So I, I think there is part of the trepidation on Utah's part is the history, the backstory and what's kind of taken place for the last 11, 12 years um, or 13 now going on 13. So it's been a long climb. And I, I think there's a little bit something deeper there for Utah with the PAC 12. Isn't that funny? BYU came to Waco right before they came into the conference. Utah has a trip scheduled to Waco here in a few yeah. weeks, and yeah. and they could just defect while they're in Waco and just go ahead and make the announcement that they're they're coming in. There is some interesting symmetry to that. Explain to us, Kevin, what you've learned about that Utah BYU feelings. It's kind of like Utah, in some sense, doesn't like having to follow. BYU into a conference they don't like the feeling of that um is that is that kind of part of Utah's feelings they don't want to be viewed as well we got to go do what the Cougars are doing like that's a pretty deep I don't know if hatred's a word but that's a great that's a fun rivalry um what is the what is the Utah feeling about BYU and is there that feeling of hey we kind of hate to have to uh we hate how that looks you know, following BYU into a new conference? Yeah, I mean, I think from a fan perspective, there's certainly a lot there. Um, I think from a – I'm not sure if that that same level exists within the athletic department truly. Um, You know, I think we'll have to figure out the actual thinking um, probably in the next couple of of days after this comes out of how much that actually did play a factor. Um, But, you know, from my perspective, I actually think it would be good on multiple levels to have – BYU and Utah in the same conference. Um, I, I think from, you know, the big 12s perspective, uh, I think giving a rivalry to the conference is a, is a big deal, uh, particularly one that I think, I think is a pretty good college football rivalry in, in BYU and Utah. And also having it in the mountain time zone is big for the big 12 in terms of, of, of television windows and everything like that. And I, I think that matters to this new look conference. Um, you know, they, they have, UCF over in Florida, they obviously have Texas, they have Cincinnati, but having two teams and three teams really with Colorado, if you, if you bring in Utah as well in the mountain time zone, I, I think is good for the league and having two teams that I think if you, if you put them together, people will watch it. Uh, maybe not um, every week, but I, I think for sure, you know, a rivalry game is good for a, for a conference that's kind of losing Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so I'm not really entirely sure how much, the athletic department views it as Utah can't follow BYU to the Big 12. I think if the Big 12 is the best move for Utah, I think they're going to make it um, regardless of BYU. But, you know, there is backstory here too. You know, when Utah got called up to the, the Pac-12, BYU went independent. And so there is th- this long, over-decade backstory to these two schools. It's not just Utah and, and BYU kind of existed in isolation. Um, their past to the Pac-12, you know, and the Big 12 for BYU were quite different and I think inform a lot of the, the at least the feelings right now um, because like I just said, you know, Utah is was grateful to the Pac-12. Obviously, BYU feels quite differently that they weren't brought up to the Pac-12 out of the Mountain West um, and, and had to spend essentially 12 years wondering about the future every single time realignment came up. How is BYU... Um... Seemingly, do you feel like ready for this slog of a of a? I mean, independent schedule is tough in its own right, 
but this every week kind of thing, getting back into a conference, especially the Big 12, uh, BYU's had some great moments over the years, obviously. But, boy, you wrote about it the other day. Fall camp opens with around 60 new players. Um, 42 of them signed since December. You know, of the four new schools coming in uh, this year, do you think BYU's as ready as any of them? I mean, or would it be UCF? Like, who do you think is the most prepared? In some ways, BYU's played the toughest schedule, I would say, of the four new schools. How do you view that? As, as like who maybe has the the roster that's most built because it's not easy. It wasn't easy for TCU when they came in, and they had been great in the Mountain West. Um, who, who, how do you think it stacks up? And do you think BYU may be built for this a little more than the three other schools? You know, I, I do get the point of the schedule. I, I understand that point that BYU maybe has played more Power Five teams year in and year out than. Um, Maybe UCF has, um, but at the same time, I don't think BYU, out of the four incoming schools, is the most prepared for this in year one in the Big 12. And um, I still am of the belief that UCF is probably the most prepared out of Houston, Cincinnati, and BYU. Um, But I think there's two major things that need to be addressed for BYU, and they've been problems even in this independent schedule. I know it's they play more Power 5 teams, but... At the same time, the depth is not there for BYU, and it hasn't been the last couple of years. I mean, you see it on the back end of these schedules um, when they're playing. By the time they're they're playing their seventh uh, Power Five team, I think the depth just isn't there, and and that needs to build, and that doesn't happen overnight. And I think this roster overhaul that you just mentioned, bringing in, you know, forty-two guys since December, sixty new guys overall, or around sixty new guys overall. I mean. They're trying to build depth quickly, but um, it still is going to take time. And, and the second part of this, too, is you know BYU in the past, I mean, they played Baylor last year and they beat Baylor last year. But after that, they go on the road to Oregon, have a couple of people injured, and they get blown out by an Oregon team that at that point in time, I don't think anyone really knew if Oregon was going to be good or not. So I, I think just the, the week in and week out grind of, of the big 12, I don't know if BYU is completely ready for particularly defensively. And not only that, they play Arkansas before getting into the big 12 schedule. So, I mean, this is a, um, they play 10 power five teams in succession. And so I think th- this is going to be a gauntlet for BYU and they have a lot to um, kind of, they're going to have a lot of growing pains, I think, in year one. Kevin Reynolds, Salt Lake Trib, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And um, it's just it's kind of fun to think about the BYU fans, what they think about these other schools, what they would think about Utah coming on board. It's kind of like I, I feel like BYU and these other schools want to have at least one year where everybody can just be excited about them. And and I love the B, BYU was great at Big Twelve Media Days, Kevin. And I bet you were swirling around there. And I, I hate that we didn't get to connect in person. But that that I love BYU's attitude at that thing, and the other schools too, the other new schools. But it was like BYU on that first day, they would have stayed till ten or eleven o'clock at night. I mean, they were just kind of hanging around, uh, yeah, doing interviews. You know, other schools. I mean, my I'm Baylor flagship. And I'm trying to track down Baylor people, and I got the 
the BYU, uh, you know, AAD, Sataki, I was watching him. The, the coach at BYU was over there, like, talking to every – I mean, how many different BYU uh, publications – or radio shows are there. I mean, it really, it really spoke to me like how deep BYU goes in terms of their reach and the excitement. I, I, I do find it kind of funny though with Colorado coming in. I, I'm sure there's part of the BYU fandom that's like, hey, could y'all hold off and just let the focus be on us for one year before Arizona and everybody else comes into this conference. Well, they had a month, or maybe it's a little less than a month. <laughs> All those schools had about, you know, July 1st to, what was it, July 20-something. <laughs> but, yeah, I think there is a ton of excitement, though, at BYU, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you mentioned that. I mean, Kalani Satake was doing interviews. I don't even know who he was interviewing with at that point, to be honest with you. I'm not really sure. Um, but he was there. I was working, and I just every time I looked over, he was still there. So, um, But, yeah, I think there is a ton of excitement. Um, particularly um, from the fan base as well. I I think, I mean, it's been so long for BYU. I mean, this has been over a decade of independence. And I know, you know, the independent schedules, there's, there's one-off moments that you can point to for BYU. But I mean, I I even look at last year as an example of kind of the struggle of, of independence. That was my first year covering BYU last year. They lose to Oregon week three. And from that point on, I mean, what are you playing for? Like the season, I mean, one loss, I don't know how much it's, it's very hard to contextualize the season after that because there isn't a conference championship race. There really isn't a ton of rivalries. Um, they didn't play Utah last year. They wouldn't play Utah. They're not going to play Utah this year. Um, so like, it's just kind of, you're, you know, they go on the road to Liberty. What, what does that game really have, you know, for BYU and for BYU fans? So there is a ton of, uh, I think, excitement and energy for BYU to be in the big 12 and to be back into a conference where that those types of things won't happen. And if they can get Utah back, I know BYU fans probably will be upset at, at some, at some point in time, but Hey, at least that's playing a rival year in and year out. Yeah. It's going to be, um, I, I, it's by the way, which, which game do you feel like BYU fans that you talk to are most excited about? It was for, I, I hate that they're not playing Baylor because that needs to be, uh, a yeah, new rivalry yeah. with the religious schools getting together, having kind of a a new religious war, so to speak. Um, what what, um, what is there? One game on the schedule that every uh, BYU fan seemingly has circled, and uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. I would imagine it might involve uh, OU or Texas. Yeah, I mean they're going to be on the road in Austin, and then OU comes to Provo in November. So I think mm-hmm. those two games. Definitely will be circled. Um, one that I think I think is going to be one that I think BYU fans will, will probably have circled and, and maybe players too on the road at TCU kind of early on in the year. I think um, probably third. I'm, I'm not sure third week possibly, um, but mm-hmm. I think those are probably three that definitely um, are, are going to be big ones for for BYU. And then they open up in Lawrence in the Big Twelve. Uh, How good for them. How good is uh, is Utah? Like, it, 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 I mean, back to back champions of the Pac-12. They got the quarterback rising, really good quarterback. What what do we think as uh, as they get ready to come to Waco and have to play in the heat? Uh, what do we what do, what do we think of this uh, this Utah team? Is it um, is it is it veteran laden? How much did they lose? 
uh, from a couple of uh, really good back-to-back uh, seasons? Well, defensively, I think is where the losses are, are going to be significant. They lose um, Clark Phillips the third, a uh, you know a really highly drafted player um, in the secondary. So I think that's going to be a struggle for them. And um, Clay Nisbell also, they're one of their uh, safeties. Um, is transferred out of the program. So I think that's going to be tough, but for the most part, I mean, this is a team that returns a lot of production from the last two years, but the the question really, I think for Utah is, is Cam rising going to be healthy? I mean, he tore his ACL in the Rose bowl last year. Um, really, he's not a full participant in, in uh, spring camp. I mean, so, sorry, fall camp right now. And then also um, the tight end Brand Keithy tore his ACL um, earlier in the year, about like late September against Arizona State, he's not um, completely back. I think you know he'll have more time, and he's expected to be back. But I think Utah's season really depends on on how healthy is Cam Rising going to be, particularly early, because Utah opens up with Florida, and then you mentioned the Baylor game. So this is not going to be. I mean, they're playing 11 Power Five uh, teams out of the out of the 12 weeks, and open up with two. Two difficult games, um, Baylor on the road. So if Cam Rising is not available for that game, I think it changes the complete tenor of the season, but also complete tenor of that game for for Baylor um, very early in the year. They need to schedule like Michigan did. Did you see that Harbaugh, you know, uh, out for four games? Did you see who those four games were for for Michigan? I mean, I think the hardest game is – yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rutgers and and uh, and yeah, nobody else that catches your attention. So uh, uh, Utah, that's one thing they have to do is learn how to schedule better. And now BYU scheduling becomes so much easier. I mean, think about that. I, I would imagine they're they you know had to cancel a bunch of games that they'd had scheduled out and all of that. But yeah. from a scheduling yeah. standpoint, what a nightmare to be an independent and try to have that thing scheduled out for four, five, six, seven years. And now you at least uh, kind of know what you're getting from week to week. Kevin, last thing I had for you: what, what about BYU hoops, Coach Pope? I mean, I I remember his uh, him from his college days. Seemingly, you know, Gonzaga takes up all the airspace in that conference. Uh, I, what, what should we expect from BYU coming into arguably the best basketball conference in the land? Is this a team that? That you know that will at least be competitive. How do you think this will will go for them? Yeah, I think um, as hard as we've talked about this is going to be for for BYU football, I think it's going to be much much more difficult for BYU basketball. Um, and, and I think BYU basketball last year kind of went on this completely different path. I mean, they had been pretty competitive, um, obviously, in Mark Pope's first couple of years. Um, they, that COVID season, they they were very very good. Um, but last year, you know, they kind of just blew it all up. They, uh, got rid of a lot. They graduated a lot of guys, um, had a couple of transfers out of the program. And so they basically just went with a youth movement, um, uh, with a core of a couple of, uh, three freshmen and then a couple more sophomores. And I think they're still kind of building through that, that young core, um, with adding a a few more transfers, um, from, you know, the likes of UC Irvine and, and a couple of different places, Charlotte. But um, I think for BYU, there's just not enough shooting right now and not enough depth, uh, particularly in the front court, to where I think I think the Big 12 is going to be a um, a huge, a huge, huge adjustment uh, for them. 
And I think it's going to be taking at least a couple of years for them to be competitive and maybe even the middle of the pack in that conference. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, it's the best basketball conference in the country. So yeah. um, for, for BYU basketball, I think it's going to be much, much more difficult than football, to be honest with you. Kevin Reynolds, Salt Lake Trib. Kevin, do you have some SMU ties? Is that what I recall about you? Yes. Yeah, I do. do you, I do. <laughs> do the uh, the Mustangs? That's kind of sad. It looked like Pac-12 was was a was a was a destination for them, but if the Pac-12 goes away, uh, I guess the Mustang Mustangs will just kind of stay there in the AAC, which would be fine. But that was kind of fun to think of the Mustangs possibly as a Power Five. Uh, program were you kind of getting excited about that your, your alma mater you know with smu i feel like it's the same thing every single time i feel like it, you know at first it was you know the big 12 that smu wanted to get into the big 12 and that was never really going to happen and then i i felt like this whole time with the pac 12 it was kind of the same thing for me uh, i just didn't think it was going to happen or if it did a lot was going to have to break that way and now but now it's looking like that's not going to be the case either so you know, SMU, I think, I just think it's going to be a struggle to get to these Power Five conferences, uh, and it continues to be. So I, I was never really on the on the path of that this was definitely going to happen for them. All right. Well, some of us, you know, that love the SWC, the thought of, like, Houston, SMU, Baylor, Texas Tech, I mean, that would bring back uh, a lot of memories. It'd, it'd it be would. a lot of fun, yeah. but it's not going to happen, as you said. But, again, we say a lot of things aren't going to happen. And then they they do end up happening, and we're kind of seeing it with uh, well, Kevin, keep up the good work and keep writing about realignment because right now, man, people can't get enough of this stuff. And just go go cover Utah, cover uh, BYU, cover it all, man. Make yourself indispensable. Uh, you're doing a really good job out there, and I appreciate your time today. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it, man. All right, there he goes, Kevin Reynolds, the Salt Lake Trib.